Good morning, Wellspring Church. It's a privilege to share God's word with you today. I want you to think about all the things that we've been going through. Heaven sent. We believe that God sent from heaven all what we need. He sent Jesus, he sent the Holy Spirit, he sent all what we need. In Peter, he's saying that God gave us all what pertains to life and godliness. And it's a gift. He granted that to us by his grace. And we are in a series now that we're talking about new creation. And we've been hearing why it's new creation. It's new creation because of what Jesus has done on the cross. It's new creation because of what Jesus has ushered in by his death, his resurrection, his ascension, and sitting on the right hand of God as the king over all the universe, including earth, including that life that we are in, that is in the end. It is, we are it is a new day and we are a new creation. We are a new creation because he has sent his Holy Spirit in us to change us and to change us fully and to change us from the inside out. It's a new creation and it's a new day. And that day started by the Pentecost. And people gathered when they heard the noise, when they heard the wind filling that room. And, and, and when they heard as well the apostles talking in tongues, speaking in tongues and all of that. And they were thinking, what is that? And Peter started his sermon showing who Jesus is and said, if you repent and get baptized, if you accept Jesus as who he is, you will be like us, a new creation. You will be followers of Jesus Christ. You will be transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the love of his son. And we heard, especially last time, Tim saying, well, the, the change in life is when your life is not centered around you. It's not centered around me. My life is not, I'm not the center of my life. I'm not living my life for myself. But when I get to realize that the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ, is the one who is God and who sits on the throne. And when I live acknowledging this truth, that he is God, so he is the one who is worthy of all things, all praise, all worship, every bit of my life, he created me, so he deserves everything in me. He saved me, so even more and more, he deserves everything. And now I have hope because he is for real and he sits on the throne and he conquered all the enemies. When I do make that change, when I discover that he is inviting me into his domain, his kingdom, and I worship that king, this is where I get to be a new creation. By his grace, by the power of his Holy Spirit that he has sent to dwell in us, to change us and to form us in that new creation and from the inside out. And in that, let's read the word of God. And we're reading from chapter 2, and I'll start from verse 42 until the end of the chapter. And it says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. 
Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common, and sold their possession and goods and divided them among all, as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. You might think, what's new? You're saying new creation, and what's new? I mean, they they were listening to the apostles' teaching, they were doing prayers, they were in fellowship, they were breaking bread. What's new? I mean, they are Jews. They are used to le- listening to, to teaching. But this is not the rabbi's teaching. The Bible made it clear that they are listening, uh, they are steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. And hear what that means. You remember Jesus Jesus was actually showing the disciples on the road to Emmaus, Luke 24, the end of Luke, how the, how the books, how the Torah, how the prophets, how all the books were pointing at him and who he is. You remember that Jesus said, I came to fulfill. You remember as well that Jesus breathed on them to open their minds to understand the word of God. And what the apostles are doing here, they are showing, like every every epistle that we are reading, they are showing that if we see Jesus for who he is, if we understand how Jesus is the fulfillment of all things and what he's done on the cross and that he made the way and opened the way for us to really live life for him, according to his power, according to his spirit, everything Everything that he promised us, everything that he called us to be, is possible. And that basically means that when we are approaching the Bible, when we are reading the word of God, we're looking for Jesus. We're looking to see in Jesus who he is and the promises and the fulfillment of all promises in Jesus and through his spirit. This is why you get filled with hope. This is why the fellowship is different, because Jesus said to his disciples, this is the new commandment. I want you to love each other as I loved you. That fellowship is not just, you know, having a tea and biscuit together. That fellowship is is journeying together, being for each other. It's like soldiers in a battle. We take care of each other. We have each other's back. We would sacrifice our lives for each other. And that's a constant thing through life. The breaking of bread, the covenant, the new covenant that God promised in Jeremiah. God talked about that as well in other places like Ezekiel and Isaiah. That new covenant that God is writing his laws on our hearts. And it's changing our hearts. Our hearts are changing from from hearts of stone to hearts of flesh that are responding to God. The hearts that weren't able to respond to God before. The life that we couldn't live under the law to God, though even we desire to live it. 
that is now possible because it's in our hearts and it's written by God's hand, by His Spirit. In our hearts, it's transforming us. New creation starting from inside and going to the outside. And prayers. Now prayers are very different. Prayers are so hopeful because Jesus is for real. And Jesus is on the throne. Jesus ascended and took his crown and he is on the throne. And the Father has submitted all powers, authorities, everything under his feet. His enemies are his footstool. And this is why our prayers are so different. Our faith is very different because Jesus is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. This is why they come together. But we see the real thing. We see the new creation in that verse. And had all things in common. The believers were together and had all things in common. And sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. Here's the thing. You know, now we are in an affluent society. And and uh, you can maybe have a surplus uh, you have a lot of money. Maybe you're someone like Bill Gates and you have millions and millions. So you have, you, you get some of your money, which definitely you won't even spend in a lifetime. And you put them towards philanthropic uh, projects. And you have interest in, in say, things like that. That's not those people. They are still under the Romans. They are still struggling. They are still fighting for the daily bread. Whatever they have is really minimal, is little, even when they are wealthy by the measures of that time. It's like when Mary broke her jar of expensive fragrant oil, that anointment, and she anointed Jesus. That was her savings. So when she would get married, this is her savings. It's like the widow that gave from her need the two mites that she had. At that time, people were still working and they would come and sell what they maybe fished as fishermen or, or worked and done, and they would feed others. They would feed each other. They were together and they shared everything. They shared from their need. They shared what they had. This is selling what you've owned not what you have a surplus. This is the goods that you had and, and give it to others. And when we're talking about others, this is not like you're only giving to your family. This is not like you sending the money to, to your family back. Maybe I don't know in, in Asia or Africa or, 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 or in, uh, Eastern Europe or somewhere where the currency exchange would work better and, and, and they are in need. No. They are sharing, remember, this, these are the people who were transformed on the day of Pentecost. They are sharing their goods with people that they don't really know that much. They weren't really family. There are people from Cyrene, which is like in Libya, and most probably you don't know anyone from Libya. And you're sharing your goods, you're selling 
You're selling what you have and putting the money to be shared. You're, you're working and, and doing all of that. And then there are people at your home. That shows transformation from the inside out. You know, it's very easy. This is the tale of two cultures, the culture of the kingdom and the culture that we live in, the woke culture that we live in. It's very easy nowadays to be preached at, that people would tell you, oh, you should, you should do this, you should do that. They, they would even say, the government should do this, should do that, and pay for this, and pay for that, and we shouldn't pay for this. Yeah, that's not the case here. They weren't asking anyone else to do that. Their hearts compelled them to take care of the poor, of the needy, of the widow and the orphan, of the foreigner, of the stranger, of the person who traveled in and should leave in a while. They are taking care with their own money that they don't have much of. But even the little that they had, the bit extra that they had for a rainy day, they would go and sell that and get all the food that they have and share it together. You know, this is not something that happened just in the past. I saw people, even till today, doing this. I know of a family in the church and they had friends and their friends were really low on money. They didn't have that much money. They weren't able, they weren't even able to survive properly. And that family decided that, okay, all the money that we are putting for grocery for, for our food per month, we're going to share that with them. So every month they would just share all the food that they can get 50-50 with them. I know another family who helped their friends because they didn't have the money to pay for even their rent that month. And that family is not wealthy at all. They had some money in the bank that was exactly the money that those, those people needed for the rent and because they had kids some food. But they took that money out, believing that God will provide for them. Here is why those people are doing this. You see, through the Old Testament, God said, I'll be your God, I'll be your king, I'll be your provider, I'll take care of you, I'll be your portion. And those people, renewed and born again by the Holy Spirit, they believed him. They knew that they don't need to worry. If I have an extra 10 pounds, I don't need to keep it because God is taking care of me. They believed what Jesus said in the prayer that we should pray. Give us today our daily bread. They're not thinking about tomorrow and after tomorrow. And maybe for a lot of us, this is foolish because we like to budget. We like to budget for everything. We like to budget for our holidays and we like to budget for our grocery and we like to budget for the mortgage and the extra bills and the lessons that my nine-year-old son might have in 10 years driving lessons. And we like to save all of that. And then we don't find except maybe 
10 pounds extra. But this is not what they're after. They're saying, he is good and he will take care of us. I need to take care of his people now. And whatever I have is from him. This is what happens when the Holy Spirit get, get hold of you. When he gets hold of you, he transforms you. Your heart is transformed. You're not doing something because you have extra. You're not doing something because it will appease your conscience. You're not doing something because it would look good on you. No, you're doing it because you are changed. You are transformed. You are alive. And you are in your heart, love, like your father. So my question to you, would you let the Holy Spirit get hold of you? Would you let the Holy Spirit fill you and transform you from the inside out? So you would become, not start just the new creation, you would become that new creation. He would shape in us, in you and I, Jesus Christ. And we would live that out. We would live it here in this world, not just as a testimony on who God is, but as a light to those who are in the darkness, that there is hope, there is life, and that he can find refuge and freedom and salvation in Jesus Christ. This is my invitation to you. This is the Bible's invitation to us. When I look at Jesus, and I know I'm invited to live like him. This is his invitation. I want to finish by reading you bits from, and I, I urge you, read Isaiah 58. And it's talking about worship. The worship that God would require from us. And it's it's called fasting here. But people are not able. And he's saying, when, when, you're, when you're stuck, here is what kind of worship, what kind of fast I've chosen. To loose the bonds of wickedness. To let the oppressed go free. And that you break every yoke. This is what I want from you. To share your bread with the hungry. Bring to your house the poor who are cast out. When you see the naked... You cover them. You don't hide yourself from your own flesh when they are needy, basically. And here is what will happen if you do that. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer you. You shall cry, and he will say, here I am. We have an invitation to live this rich life with God, that we would experience him so intimately, so closely, that when we're calling, he's saying, here I am, and that his light would be our light, and it will break forth. Your healing will come up speedily if we allow the Holy Spirit 
to transform our heart, to get hold of our heart, not just to touch us once, not just to fill us and then we go on our own way. We don't go back to our own way. We are a new creation. We are a breed that earth has haven't seen. Till the Holy Spirit would touch you, you're a new creation and you can live things that are, that only God can do. And you will see signs and wonders and you will see people saved. Let's open up to the Holy Spirit. Let's give him room in our heart and be transformed, become a new creation and live as a new creation. Bless you.